Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tim Gillette with the Tim Gillette Show. And you know what I mean? We're we're nearing the end of this challenge that I don't know whether I was crazy or nuts or both of trying to do 130 days. And, you know, I just keep doing them until everybody's run out. And, uh, I'll, you know what I mean? You have to follow me more to find out what the whole synopsis was and what I learned from doing this. But one of the people who has been inspiring to me, uh, you know what I mean? When I started blogging VideoCon, all right, when I started to narrow down my brand, and even before that, this, this gentleman who's here today has been a huge influence on my life, uh, as well as my business, and he's just someone that, that I've looked up to. And, uh, you know, I reached out to him and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast, not just because I'm doing a series, but because we're friends, all right? And I'd love to introduce you to my audience, as well as, uh, you know what I mean, just have a chat with you and actually have it recorded for content. Uh, so Matt Browning and I go back, I don't know, about, about five or six years, we met through Craig Duswalt. Um, Matt puts on seminars out in California, which I'm sure he's going to tell you, all right, as well as he's got a whole new life that I'm sure he's going to tell you, all right, where he's doing some other things. Uh, but he's been a major influence in my life because he, he taught me things like, you know what I mean, how to tell stories, how to do interviews. Matt does a podcast as well and has become very, very good at doing it. And he was someone that like I, I studied when I was trying to master my craft of doing this. So, uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to bring him on here today. We're going to get to know him very well. All right. His name is Matt Browning. Let's bring him up here. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Tim? Good Hi, to see you, buddy. Good to see you. You know, I think it's been a little too long. We've been I've been isolated out in the Midwest for the last year and a half, coming out a lot, but I miss seeing you all the time in L.A. I know it's it's well. I just miss seeing everybody to tell you the truth. <laughs> you know, sure, people like you, especially. You know, I mean, you know, we've had some some good conversations over the years, and uh, having to be boxed up and not be able to do things or or events, which you did them more than I did. Uh, how's it How's it feel? <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. People ask a lot, like how uh, how is this whole 2020 affected the business? And I'll say about 75 percent of what I do, I'm still doing the exact same. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm hanging out. I'm in my little, you know, I'm in my sauna. Obviously, you can tell if you're watching this on video. No, this is my <laughs> my upstairs office room, but everyone thinks it's a sauna. And I'm you know I'm doing Zoom and I'm doing interviews and I'm interviewing people and we're having a blast and doing coaching and all the same work. But the 25 percent, which was flying around the country and you know, A-list at Southwest because I'm always on a plane. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very small <laughs> compensation for having to live your life on a plane. That's been changed. Yeah. And tell you the truth, I haven't been happier. You know, there's mm -hmm. some certainly some hard things that have come in this life and in the last season for me and a lot of other people. But there are a ton of blessings in this. So I'm counting the blessings, man. Well, you've always been a count your blessings kind of guy to me. All right. You, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I've ever seen you have a down day in my life. I've seen you. <laughs> oh, you should wake up with me sometimes. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Matt, I mean, your world changed drastically. You get up and you, you guys don't live in Southern California anymore. You, you moved to the Midwest. Tell us about this. Yeah, man, I grew up in in California for like 38 years. I'm, I'm just turned 40 uh, late last year, so finally hit the big 4-0, and we made the choice to eventually to move somewhere else. Uh, spirituality and God is a huge part of me and my wife's lives, as well as serving in our church. And we didn't ever expect it to happen, but we stepped into this volunteer ministry position where we began leading a campus of a multi-campus church over in California. The hubs in Grand Rapids, there's several campuses there. And we were just praying one morning and realized maybe we should spend some time out here. 
Now, I thought it might be temporary. I thought it might be six months, 12 months. Uh, so far, it's been a year and a half. Uh, we bought a house on day one because, you know, they're 70% off according to California prices. <laughs> so, so we're very, very blessed, very grateful. And then we ended up moving to another area. We just got another place uh, last summer. So yeah, it's, it's a dream. I've never grown up with seasons. I know people that came from Chicago in the Midwest. I'll never go back. I love blow snow blowing my driveway i love mowing lawn in the summer i love the season changes it has been exciting uh, and the whole family is just really really blessed by it i'm doing more virtual work we're able to serve the church and the people around us and really just uh deepen relationships with people it's been mm -hmm. awesome yeah well i mean uh, it, i i do have to ask though i mean the one thing that you can't do most of the time is take a motorcycle ride in january and I certainly don't want to, but I'll tell you right now, I, so I, I got a victory, a cruiser bike, right? Victory yeah. highball. I think, did you see it last time? I think yeah, I rode it into Craig's event once. Yeah. yeah. Um, love that thing. White wall tires. And it's been in the garage. I'm not one of these cold weather warriors that has heated handle, but forget that man. Like, but I just got a new battery in it. I just changed the spark plugs. It fired up like a champ. Uh, so it's, you know, going into May, into June, I'm ready to cruise. And like there's no traffic. It's amazing. You can just go up and down back roads. Dude, it's cruising on a bike out here is good, good time. So hashtag entrepreneur life, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, to me, I, you know, I had the bike for years and I loved, I have all that gear. Like I had all the heated grips and heated you did. And everything on my bike and I lived in Texas. <laughs> but were you riding a Harley or was it a? Yeah, I had uh, a Harley. I had okay. uh, I had the, the yeah sweet custom one. I had a huge custom, you know, from the factory custom, uh, um, uh, the ultra ultra classic, and it was like the you know what I mean what do they call it the the screaming eagle version of it. I don't I, they have a name for it and I can't think of it, but um, yeah. but I've owned a couple of Harleys, but they're all dressers. They weren't the you know what I mean they weren't the uh, um, cruisers like yours. Right. They were all bags and everything and. Uh, my wife had a few of them too. And, and just, you know, it was just what we were into at the time. And yeah, last year we got rid of bike just, riding, bike riding. If you hear anything yeah. in the background, my nine-year-old just came up to do a little bit of homeschool mother's day projects, which don't tell her, my wife, but if you hear yeah. that in the background, that's him. I, and I've always waited, you know, I want to touch on that because this is something I've always noticed about you. We, you know, you and I spoke in an event together in Palm Springs, California. Yeah. And you brought your son. Absolutely. All right. Um, and, and it was just, you I know what I mean? It was, it was great. I mean, you just like, there he is. Look at him. He's, he's growing up, man. <laughs> yeah. Nine years old now. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't remember me, but I mean, I remember him when he was a lot littler then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ever since it's been a thing where just talking about entrepreneurship and family, I think the, the biggest principle to quickly share about it in the story is we, I started realizing that it felt like dad was always leaving mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, and it's like, okay, well I travel for work, you know, and a little kid, you don't really get that. It's just sort of this feeling of, Oh, I know you have to work, but yeah, dad's got to leave again. And it felt like the family is together. And then I got to leave the family. Mm -hmm. And then I come back a few days or a week or, you know, a day later. And we're like, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I still want to travel. We still need to leave. Sometimes I bring him with me, maybe half the time, sometimes not. He's uh, actually, I was talking about Southwest. I fly Southwest all the time. So now when you hit companion pass, that's like one of their tier levels and you get to bring a companion with you for free anytime you go anywhere. So I made Val, my son, my companion pass and half the time I'll bring it with me somewhere. But even if I go alone, the big difference I do now is we, we, we come together and we talk and we pray and we go, okay, like 
this is a business opportunity that dad should go do. And if we agree on it, then it's like the family comes together and we send me out, so to speak. It's like team brawning sends dad out as a representative to go represent us and to go build the business and build the family legacy. Mm -hmm. And then I return home. So it's very, it's the same thing. But if you feel me, the process is a little bit different. The village is almost sending me out and then they receive me back in a few days later. And it's like, thank you for doing the work with us and for us. Different than I'm a workaholic. I just have to leave all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's more of a mindset and, and kind of an emotional shift, but it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's neat how you, you've worked it in like that. All right. So many people don't realize it can be that simple to set that up. Really? I mean, it's almost just a conversation. And yeah. then we went to the store and Val loves getting his nice clothes up. He's got, he's got he has his great grandfather's cufflinks. He likes to wear, okay. um, passed down from my mom's dad that came to me. He was a salesman selling steel in the sixties and I got all of his tie tacks and cufflinks. So Val will put those into his, you know, his, his, uh, dress clothes. And then we show up at a seminar together. I speak. And then his job, what's your job? Do you remember? Stay at the table. You collect forms. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yep. And then you give, give out the yellow copies and we keep the white copies. Yeah. And then he gets a commission share of what we earn that day. So it's, it's cool. It's like, I mean, I can't think of a better day at school than a day out in the real world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I mean, uh, I had, I don't know if you know, Andre Minkoff or not. I do. Yeah. 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 So oh, yeah, Andre daughter brings comes, his right? daughter yeah. uh, with him. He spoke at our blog and video con last year and his daughter, I, I introduced his daughter and then his daughter introduced him on stage. That's so cool. So now, so now we have to bring Matt Browning and get you guys to do it and do the same thing with your son. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he might run the camera in the back and he likes running the table. He's not as much the uh, the stage guy. The stage guy. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, my daughter, uh, I, you know, when I get into this 10 years ago, I tried to make her part of it and there's certain things she can do, but I mean, she's in her thirties. So a little bit different. She's almost your age. <laughs> almost. Not almost. nearly that old. <laughs> So, so Matt, I mean, you're doing the changes in this, but let's talk about your business. All right. You, you were running seminars in, in Orange County for years. All right. Are you still doing that or, or what's going on with that? Great question. Uh, I, I've actually been running seminars all over the place. So I, I've put on multi-day live events, doing training and coaching and deep dive work using NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I'm sure we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. But I also teach like public speaking, um, certifying people as coaches and NLP practitioners, personal growth work. So I've just kind of ran the gambit of many different types of live events. But live mm -hmm. events has always been the key. I put on these live events in 18 cities and four countries around the world. So I used to tour extensively in Australia, New Zealand, put on retreats in Fiji and nine different cities in the U.S. Now, mm -hmm. I'll say Orange County was the hub for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as my family grew, I began to kind of shrink back like this dream in my early 20s of, oh, I want to tour the world, changing people's lives. I still want to change people's lives, but I didn't want to be on the road going to a new city every weekend, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So little by little, I started putting on the events more and more in Orange County. So still happening, um, but I'm picking other cities too. Like we have an event coming up in Chicago later in 2020. Um, I'll be doing something in Colorado Springs to, uh, in December. Mm. We're really excited putting on a leadership event at the United States Air Force Academy. So that's been a dream of mine to speak wow. at a place like that. Um, and I'm inviting speakers to come. So it's a phenomenal events, but I'm starting to do just a different style. At this point, I put on over 300 
multi-day, like three-day or longer workshops. I've done yeah. over 300 of them. So I'm starting to at least, I don't know, I have, I'd have to be an idiot not to at least get some patterns and start to know what I like, what I don't like, what serves people at the deepest level and sort of what leaves people going, well, that was cool. But I don't want, at this point, I don't want to leave my family just to put on an event that people think is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I want to do an event that people walk away and go, oh my gosh, I can't imagine my life having not attended that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we nailed that. I did a virtual one with all that was going on in the world in April called NLP Campfire Live. It was two days of using the communication patterns and the structures of NLP to tell better stories. And we help people craft their origin stories as speakers, as entrepreneurs, as moms and dads, how to use story and narrative to really influence people. And I'm just so proud of it because the, the stories that emerged out of that event just blew my mind, you know, moving people to laughter and to tears. Um, so stories been something I've been playing with a lot in events lately. And it's just, yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you talk about using the stories and, and narrative, all right? So, I mean, I, I realize a lot of people hear the word, hear the the the, the, the term NLP, all right? Yeah. Could you give us the, you know what I mean, you know, the nickel tour idea of what that encompasses or, or explain it a little bit for our audience? A couple of simple definitions maybe will make sense. So mm -hmm. neuro-linguistic programming is something I've been teaching for 15 years uh, and studied for longer than that. Mm -hmm. um, Neuro for the mind, linguistic for language, and programming really refers to the structures and patterns and programs that we have running in our minds. Mm -hmm. So that's NLP, the study of the language of the brain. It's one way you could put it. Mm -hmm. One of my yeah. favorite definitions, yeah, so the language of the brain, um, one of my favorite definitions is the lost user manual for the mind. <laughs> so imagine if we were born with a user manual for how this thing works. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, uh, it's also a study of... This is probably my favorite, favorite definition. It's a study of internal and external communication and the results they produce. Mm -hmm. So internal communication, meaning what do I say in my mind, but also all of my internal communication that my brain uses, pictures, sounds, feelings, smells, tastes, all my self-talk. Mm -hmm. you know, do I have a limiting belief? What do I say to myself when I wake up in the morning? When I'm ready to make a, a sales call, do I get a picture in my head of success or failure? All of that is your internal communication. Mm -hmm. But we also study the external communication, what you and I are doing right now. How do I get this idea across and how do I get it into your mind? And hopefully it's intact. The idea that's in my mind, I hopefully have that same concept in your mind, but we go through filters back and forth as we communicate. Okay. So studying internal communication, external communication, and the results they produce, mm -hmm. how you achieve goals, outcomes, how you bring people together, how people are torn apart. Really, you know, we study relationships, parenting, speaking, you name it. NLP studies the way that our communication interacts with these places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, and I assume that's why you do the seminars. Is it's, it's a pretty, once you go down the training and learning in this, it's can get pretty intense to, to getting a lot, thing, lot of understanding into it and a lot of way, ways to make it work. Very much. You know, I say if NLP was a tree, like, Everything we teach, every technique or or communication pattern is like one branch or even one trip, uh, twig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's wow. a lot of ways to jump into NLP. Some people learn about NLP from dating websites. Some people learn about NLP because they went to a sales seminar in real estate. Mm -hmm. Some people learn about NLP because um, a, a marriage counselor or they learned about it for changing habits from their fitness trainer. Right. So NLP has such 
Oprah Winfrey says she uses NLP as the most effective tool to influence and control how the audiences move when she had her show live. Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins was an early NLP trainer. So most of the personal development and transformation work that he does is all like, if you learn NLP, you go, Oh, that's this technique, that technique. He's a master of it. He'll, he'll move them together and whatnot. Um, but all of those things are NLP. Hey, bud, are you okay? Okay, I'm kind of doing, we're doing a live broadcast right now. So if you want to be a part of it, you can be here. Cool. Okay. <laughs> you got to find that line, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can't. <laughs> uh, and it's cool that, that it's cool that he actually wants to be, he wants to be part of your life and everything. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no joke. Um, must be, oh, so here, here's one of the comments got put up here today. Do you know this guy? Matthew Branning. <laughs> no. But I don't think we don't look that dissimilar. If I grew no. back a little facial hair, yeah. what's up, Matthew Branning? Um, I think um, I think that's one of my one of my high, you know high, high school childhood friends. I can't remember if it is or isn't, but anyway, but I've no. been known to forget a few things since my I was a kid. <laughs> so uh, you were going down things. I mean, you were going in, into the explainings of this. Um, you know what I mean? And, and you know, you you teach people the good stuff they can do and use from this. But sometimes people hear that word programming, sure, um, and they start to get a negative connotation about it. What's your comment on that? Yeah, it's it's usually not as much programming as when you talk about influence. The real concern is always one thing: manipulation. It's people taking advantage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this metaphor has been used many times, but I think it bears repeating NLP, like a lot of resources and tools for your life. Mm -hmm. It's like a, uh, it's a tool and it's like a hammer. You can use it to build a house and you can also use it to do some massive destruction. Mm -hmm. So the question is not the tool itself because a hammer is useful, but it's also very hard. It has a sharp claw. There's a lot to it. And the question is always one thing. It's the intention in the person's heart. So understand that when you learn, like if you learn NLP, you're going to learn some really powerful communication skills. You're going to learn influence skills, how to, you know, maybe some people use it to get your way more often. But mm -hmm. the real problem people have is not if, if you use it to get your way. Like if the way I want to get right now is mm -hmm. I want everyone listening to be blessed. I want Tim to look like a rock star. I want to get my points across. I want to have a great conversation. Well, I'm going to use my language patterns to help to influence that outcome. So do I get what I want? Yeah, but I'm trying to build people up along with it. And that's really the question. It's a question of intent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've been through helping people get out of depression, anxiety, uh, getting rid of lifelong phobias they've had for 60, 70 years sometimes. And I'll tell you right now, I have no issue manipulating that situation, helping mm -hmm. to influence that person to let go of the baggage and to make a real behavioral change. Mm -hmm. And I'll do whatever it takes. I'll use my Jedi mind tricks. I'll use my NLP influence and my communication because my intention is that this person is blessed and this person gets a positive result. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I said, with that said, I think if you learn something powerful and strong like NLP communication, if someone has a negative intention, it's not magic. It's not voodoo. You know, you can't just like, you will do what I say. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly if someone has a negative intention in their heart, they might have a better chance to get somebody to do something they want. It's really just effective communication um, and being more influential. So I think if you're worried about that kind of thing, you owe it to yourself to learn this stuff. So you know what's going on and you know how it yeah. operates and you can use it yourself. 
And you can always be safe. And if someone's trying to be like an overly manipulative salesperson or dating or whatever, you're like, hey, hang on. I know what you're doing. Like, you know, that's not going to work on me. Put your Jedi mind tricks on someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, I mean, patterns and habits there. All right. And let's just say, you know what I mean? I, I've got a bad habit of like smoking or doing drugs, but I really want to get over it. So you really, you, you would help me with these, you know what I mean, with with this ideas and, and, and neuralistic programming to help me get over that bad habit. Correct? Yeah. Bad habits you know, it really come down to a couple simple things. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has an addiction. I wrote the, my first book was called Total Freedom from Addictions. I don't really publicize or talk about it much anymore. I wrote it in 2007, mm -hmm. but it's still near and dear to my heart. And I define addiction as this, anything that you consistently habitually do that you don't want to do anymore. So your brain says, I don't want this, but somehow you still find yourself doing it. Mm -hmm. And that was me in high school, man. I remember one day waking up and looking back and realizing every day, of my junior year, I had gotten up and I had gone, found my little stash of drugs and I had jumped out my parents' window, went to the backyard and got high. Mm. That's my story, right? I don't think it's right. I don't condone it. I don't think it's, you have to go through that as a kid, you know, to come to the other side, but that's just my personal story and I can't change it. And I would do that every day habitually. And I remember one day it changed because I woke up and I walk, I, I, I get my stuff. But as I did it, I was like, I don't really want to do this today. Mm -hmm. But I still found myself grabbing it. And then I said, I really am sick of this. And I opened up the window. And as I jumped out, I thought, man, I am so done. Like, I just, I don't get any joy. I hate this. I hate me because I'm doing it. And then I still lit up and got high that morning. But I went to school differently that day. And I realized that I was finally, I understood that I was doing something against my own will. And that's how I think a lot of people feel like they have habits, whether it's junk food or it's sleeping in or it's pornography or it's, um, you know, not going to the gym or it's a cigarette or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And I don't think anyone is. Mm -hmm. But for each individual human, we have our own subjective program that tells me this is right for me or this is not right for me. I know that I shouldn't eat the other Big Mac and I know that I should have better food. And if I wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and that's sleeping into me and I feel good, it's like, great. You're not, you shouldn't tell me I got to wake up at five. But mm -hmm. if I wake up at nine every day and I'm like, oh, again, I, oh, I want to get up at six. I want to work out and I desperately want to change it. NLP helps to change those habits. So you can either stop doing something negative that you you keep doing, but you want to stop. Mm -hmm. Or you can use it in reverse. You can actually use NLP to start doing positive habits that you're not currently doing, like mm -hmm. waking up early, eating spinach or whatever it is. <laughs> Lots of techniques in NLP can help you with that. Um, but the overarching picture is yes, you can change a habit. And cool. yes, you can install new positive ones. And yes, you can get rid of old negative ones. Cool. So, I mean, it's, it's, and, 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 and again, I, I know it's very intense and we can't explain it in a, you know, in a 40 minute podcast, <laughs> Probably but not. I, I mean, you've given us quite a bit of information about it. So I appreciate that, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, now I want to switch gears and I want to talk about something that I've seen you do over the last few years, as well as I I'm doing right now is you started doing a podcast as well, uh, yeah. about a couple of years ago. It was about two years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it actually just had our two-year anniversary last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Driven Entrepreneur, and it's it's now a live radio show as well on 16 AM FM stations. It's 
it's I think it today I even checked it. It's it's top charts in the entrepreneur category and iTunes, which is mind blowing to me because I, I couldn't imagine anyone but my mom and dad were going to listen and a handful of friends. But uh, apparently it strikes a chord and people are enjoying it. Mm -hmm. well, well, what inspired you to start that? Can I ask? Yeah, you know, I've been hearing about podcasts for a long time. You know, I remember seven years before a friend of mine told me you got to do a podcast, but I was thinking of it in the wrong way. I was thinking of it in terms of direct marketing for my business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you and I, we understand this. You can have like a funnel, you have maybe a webinar and then, but it's always about what's the conversion rate. What's the, yeah. you know, I'm going to do this webinar. I'm going to do this effort. I'm going to advertise or whatnot, but out of how many people attend, how many show up, how many stay, how many purchase something, how many become a customer, how many get added to my list, so forth and so on. It's very statistically based. Mm -hmm. Podcasting was different. And I thought it was statistically based. So I thought, man, I don't want to commit to doing this weekly webinar basically every single week forever in mm -hmm. hopes that people listen. But then one day, um, my friend Steve Olsher, I don't know if you know Steve. I, I, I met Steve, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I always give credit where it's due. And Steve Olsher, he founded Podcast Magazine. Uh, also, I rode motorcycles with him up and down uh, California because he lives in Carlsbad when I lived in Orange County. Mm -hmm. And man, you know, he just started talking about the difference in podcasting, that it's really this relationship process. And I started thinking about it differently. If it's one person, and I, I it's cool when you start getting social media messages and someone who goes at Matt Browning uh, on you know Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and send me a little message going, hey, I loved your episode on this. Wow, I, and I'm using that with my kid right now. And it just struck me as there's this one person and they just keep following and they keep having this relationship with me. Mm -hmm. So once I got it out of my mind that it's a conversion tool and an opt-in tool and a sales tool or whatever, and it's really a way to have an ongoing relational voice into someone's life, and then you just add one listener at a time, I, I embraced it. I thought this is going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Plus, as you well know, it opens up a ton of doors. That's been one of the other cool parts. Mm -hmm. So I've had you know unbelievable guests. I've had uh, Olympic athletes on founder of the Ritz Carlton, uh, the former president of the Sharper Image, had the first woman to climb Everest from both sides, Kathy O'Dowd. That was an incredible story, a dream of mine to interview her because I've been a climber for 20 years. And you know, I had Dean Kane who played Superman on and that one hasn't dropped yet. That'll drop in about a month or so. But it's just, it's neat to see like the access that when I have a show and it's successful, all of a sudden everybody has time for you. And that's kind of a cool thing, you know, yeah. as an entrepreneur and just as a human being. So I, sneakily, I get to use it to interview some of my favorite human beings. And it's that poker chip where I can email someone that I might not get a response from and say, hey, I have this top show and it's on radio. I'd love to interview you. And now I get a chance to build relationships. So mm -hmm. I love it for both those things, for the listeners, but also for the guests. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've got a dream list of people I want on my podcast and I, I keep adding to it. So uh, Dean is someone that Craig's trying to get Dean to do mine. I've been on Dean's before. Um, yep. I'm trying to get that. But like, you don't have connections to Mike Rowe, do you? I don't know. No, no connection to Mike Rowe. No connection to the remaining heartbreakers. Sorry. Yeah. I wish I did, though. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's micro. I listen to Mike Rose podcast. Now when I go to get my coffee every morning. <laughs> yeah. And it's like interesting how we, you know, we get to connect with, um, you know, leaders. I got to interview Scott McCain. Yeah. Um, and Scott is someone I've been following for years and I've always loved him. And I just reached out, Hey Scott, I'm doing a series. Uh, can you do it? All right. And he goes, well, yeah. So, I mean, you connected to the people you want to interview and get on your show. 
Yeah, you'd be shocked how many people are like, yeah, I'm in. And there's some people who are a little more pretentious or maybe protective of the time. I don't want to judge. Like, I'm protective of my time. I don't say yes to everything either. Um, but it's amazing how much access you can get. Um, I teach this, this method in podcasting about how you can start a podcast, not around what you do, but around interviewing your ideal clients. Yeah, yeah. What a cool concept. So I had like like an accountant, right? Someone who does accounting work and CFO work and whatnot. Who's your ideal client? Well, it would be a CEO of a small to mid-sized company, you know, 500 to 1500 employees, somewhere in that range. And it's like, great. So she thought she had to start like, you know, the accountant's friend podcast or something. I said, no, what if you started the CEO's secret weapon? Something like that. That's not the name of it, but something yeah. like that. And even if you got three listeners, who cares? You're going to go to now that CEO, the one you would love to get a cold call conversation with to maybe have a sale. But instead of saying, hey, do you want to hire me? You say, hey, do you want to be on my top show? Do you mm -hmm. want to be on my podcast? I'd love to interview you about your company. Talk about going through the gatekeepers. Yeah. It's so much easier. All of a sudden, she's like, hang on a second. Let, you know what? He's here right now when normally he's out on vacation every week, right? Mm -hmm. And now, you know, it doesn't guarantee a sale, but now you got a 45-minute conversation. You can build a relationship. Last few minutes, you say, hey, um, had a great time. And, you know, I noticed that you said this, this, and this about how you do your finance or your sale. This is what I do in my business. Would you like to have a conversation about it? And mm -hmm. now the person's your friend and you got access. So just, that's one of my little ninja strategies for monetizing a podcast that I really, really enjoy. And I use a ton myself. Uh -huh. uh, I, I never thought about it that angle, but I might try, I might tweak some of my angles on my, on my next tweak podcast. It, man, tweak yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, I started this one out, uh, you know, it, originally it was to try to, it was an upsell from my conference was to get people out there uh, get, well, I'll, I'll broadcast it for you. Uh, and then realized that I wasn't practicing what I preached and teaching, repurposing my content. I'm like, uh, maybe I should do that. Cause I tell everybody to do it. Have you, Matt, <laughs> eat my own cooking, right? <laughs> have you, Matt, ever gotten to a place where you go, you know, I teach it. Maybe I should start doing that too. Uh, you know, I see you as perfect. Like you've never had that problem, but no, never. I, I don't, I don't actually have any stumbles or issues in life whatsoever, except for the fact that I lie habitually about stumbling. No, I, <laughs> all the time, man, all the time. <sighs> like I'll tell you what I'm going through right now. And, and I've been in control of this a lot of years throughout my life. But since we moved, I've totally let my health slide. Oh, wow. And it's, you know, like I was going to the gym and I was like, I found this new functional fitness method. I'm loving it. But when we moved, it was, oh, we moved and then we have to travel and then a conference was coming up and all of a sudden a week turned into a month and it turned into a year. And I have to wake up and look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, number one, you're not perfect, nor were you created to be perfect. And that's okay. Right. You are a work in progress. Bucky Fuller uh, said we are an evolutionary event. Mm -hmm. And I've always kept that close to my heart that I am an evolutionary event. I'm an ever changing, ever emerging cyclical human experience. And what that means is there's going to be parts of my life that I get dialed in and other parts that need to change. And I have parts that struggle one morning. And then I have parts that are amazing. I, you know, look at you've been married for a long time. We're coming up on 10 years married, me and my wife. And, you know, I can't tell you that every day for 10 years has been just this unbelievable, loving, passionate blessing. There's days when we're like, ah, and other days when I'm so deeply in love, right? Mm -hmm. And always feel it. Now I always love her, but it, it's a constant ebb and flow, right? Of relationship. And I think that's a good metaphor for any area in life. So 
my advice, not that you asked for it, but if I was going to give advice, it would be quit beating yourself up for not being perfect and not being consistent. Consistency is a word that we, consistency is good, but I think people mislabel it and they look at it as perfection. Consistency means every day I always do it this way and I never falter. Mm -hmm. And if you falter once, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. I would say rather than looking for consistency, look for progress. Yeah. And know that there's going to be ebbs and flows in life. There's going to be down. There's going to be times when I emotionally feel down, but that's going to change too. So instead of going, oh, I'm down again. What, what, what am I doing wrong? Say, no, I'm down again. Is there anything I need to learn in this experience? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I need to strengthen in myself during this valley time? Because it'll change. And I'm going to come back up again at the, at the end of this. We're going to move. The only thing that's consistent is that we're going to change and hopefully change for the better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, by the way, uh, you know, Bob Donnell put a comment down in here. Uh, good to see Bob. Bob. I know you know Bob very well as well. Uh, Love you, Bob. Great man. man. So I have something I like to ask almost all of my guests. They, you know, what I mean, and I, 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 I've been trying to find a way to twist it around to this. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a transition? <laughs> very clean. Very clever, man. <laughs> You know, I like to ask, you know what I mean? Was there a mentor or someone maybe when you were little or younger that maybe said something or did something to make you go, oh, wow, uh, I want to change because of something they said or did. And it's like kept you in the the back of your mind to be a growth personality your whole life. Man, that's a really good question. I've thought about that a lot or a version of that. And early on, I, I can say I've had different experiences that lent itself to, you know, me realizing that something I'm going to learn something new. But the first real mentor mentor in my life actually came from uh, 12 step programs. And, you know, I had my first couple of different sponsors over the years because I got sober at 17. That was the other side of the story. And mm-hmm. I got kicked out of two high schools, went to my third one in handcuffs, right? When the back of the police car and, it was a continuation school. But in that school, I, I, I decided I wanted to, to wake up and get sober. And the first time I experienced personal growth was when, you know, I, I started working with a sponsor and he said, hey, you know, are you in control of your life? And uh, do this thing called step four, a personal inventory. And it's essentially a personal growth exercise of looking at things that you've done wrong and right and relationships. I didn't have a lot at that point, but that was my first experience of looking at myself um, and in case, you know, people, you know, if you're watching going, Hey, like, I love, I love the fact that people can be sober, stay sober, go through those programs. I went through for seven years and my story is I, I went out and I wouldn't say I became normal because I don't know what that is, but I, I do kind of live that normal life. I don't attend anymore, but from 17 to like 25 or 24 constantly, that was a big part of my life. So I have a huge respect for that. The second real mentor that came in were two men named Joe and Ed Sweeney. So shout out to Joe and Ed Sweeney brothers mm-hmm. from Minnesota. And they mentored me in the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was getting a mentorship at the time. I just got a job, 14 grand a year, full time. Um, I quit my job at Sizzler Steakhouse, you know, worked on the salad bar and I went to work in the mortgage business. And looking back, I would have paid them at least that much a year just to, for the ability to learn what they taught me. They took me under their wing, each one of them in different ways. And I learned everything from the operations of the business to the sales of the business. I learned about credit. I learned about, I got my real estate license. I bought my first house at 19 because of them. I got my second house at 21 in Corona Del Mar and Newport Beach. And it just kept on going. So all of my early success 
real estate wise, finance wise, business wise, I really do owe to Joe and Ed Sweeney. Um, and I don't talk about that enough, but those were really important mentors in my life. Um, yeah. So that's it, that, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I always do find it, you know what I mean, Matt, that, that a lot of successful people who are driven like you are, they, it's always somebody that or something that that motivated them when they were younger. All right. And it's almost like you said, you know what I mean? It was a sponsor that basically you realize I'm going down this wrong track and someone says something, you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. I need to fix that. You know what I mean? And almost always when I see a driven person like yourself, there's somebody or something that did that. That's why I like to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Yeah. So, so Matt, you know what I mean? With all that's going on in the world right now, all right, and and you know what I mean. You're you're a mentor that that people are looking up to. What advice would you give to the listeners today to deal with it right now? That is a very relevant question, and I think the the number one thing I say, and I say this repeatedly, I just did a corporate training via Zoom, you know, virtually yesterday morning, and I talked about this exact concept. It's Everything that you want in life is on the other side of taking more responsibility. And there's nothing more important than taking responsibility for situations in life. And here's what I mean. Responsibility isn't fault and blame. Very important distinction. Mm -hmm. um, because it's really easy to say, oh, there's a virus to blame. Yeah. And that's true. And that's accurate. Right. And there's other people and there's politics and there's business and there's government and there's this and that. But if we go down the rabbit hole of who's to blame for our situation, ultimately, the problem is, number one, you might feel better because you go, oh, at least it's not my fault that money's down in my business. At least it's not my fault that I'm feeling a little more isolated. And I don't feel good. It's someone else's fault. So it's like it takes the burden of responsibility from us. And it technically maybe feels better, but it doesn't, right? In the long run, we know that. Mm -hmm. The problem with taking responsibility and putting an external on something else, even if it's legitimate, and that's the key, is that it give it takes away your ability to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So if I say the whole re if my business is down right now, and the whole reason it's down is because of coronavirus, and there's nothing I can do about that, then I'm left in a place where there's nothing I can do about that. Now, I'm not saying I want to blame me and go, it's my fault that I let this happen. No, it's about saying there's external facts. That's true. There's data. There's information. There's an environment out there of something that's happened. But the responsibility, the more I can take on, I do it like a game, Tim. How much responsibility can I take on? Not blame, but responsibility. You mm -hmm. know what? Um, maybe I had too many eggs in one basket and I should have, I could have looked at pivoting earlier. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could have been more versatile. Maybe I could embrace live and virtual work a little more than I had before. How much am I getting up and working and trying new things? Am I taking time to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to be quiet with myself and really pray, meditate, think through new concepts and ideas for new things in business? Mm -hmm. Am I serving my clients at the deepest level I can, or have I been coasting because the economy was good? And this is not, again, not to beat myself up, but if I can take responsibility and think, you know, I'm, I could be more innovative. I could be a little more driven. I could start waking up earlier. I could make more phone calls and reconnect with people. I could deepen relationships. How many things can I take on to transform and change? So the secret is everything that you want and every result you want is on the other side of more responsibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool, cool. So I'm bringing yeah. one more comment up here that, uh, you know what I mean? I'm actually one of my mastermind members as well. I used to be the queen of excuses and not even attempting what 
I wanted to do because I decided I was going to be a failure before I ever even tried. Great wow. message show, guys. So do you know Luana? I don't. I don't know that I do. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I do. She's one of my mastermind members. Great, great person in the speaking world uh, growing up. Lost her husband about a year and a half ago and took off. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to let this keep me down type thing. So uh, great, great, Victor. She was on a couple of weeks ago. That's inspirational when you just make a choice to do something that yeah. you don't have to do, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, get up and go out. Good job, Luana. So, well, you know, Matt, I mean, I, I, I love, I mean, sitting here chatting with you all day long. All right. I'm going to ask one last thing before I, I, I part ways. And this is because I know this about you. What is one thing that Matt really loves doing that most people don't like a hobby or a show you watch or something? How, I could go so many directions with this, but I'm going to go the one that I always sneak into every interview uh, some way. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? I hope yeah, so. That's what I was going yeah. for. I knew it. I started watching WWF at the time, WWE, you know, that billion dollar company. I started watching them when I was a kid and just fell in love with it. I don't know what it was. Looking back now, I love it, man. It's soap opera storyline meets Cirque du Soleil performance meets UFC with like the fights. The, it's just, it's awesome. And these large in life characters. So I was, I mean, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Andre the Giant, John Cena. I don't care then, now, forever. I'm in. And I love taking my son. We go watch them live when they were in arenas. You know, um, I watch every pay-per-view. I'm even part of the WWE Network, $9.99 a month. Like Netflix only better. That's their tagline. <laughs> but, <laughs> reach out, DM me on social if you're a WWE or a pro wrestling fan. Uh, and we will nerd out for sure. Maybe I'll invite you to the next pay-per-view party. <laughs> yeah. You knew I was going to sneak that in. Didn't you? I was hoping. Because <laughs> I couldn't imagine you were talking about yo-yoing because I'm also a pretty good yo-yoer. But that's much less uh, fun and way more embarrassing. <laughs> no. No. Uh, but anyway, so Matt, Matt, I've had a great time having you on here today. Uh, you know what I mean? I want to make sure people can get a hold of you. All right. Reach out to you. What is the best website they can do that with? The best website is down on your little uh, lower third there. It's nlpwithmatt.com. NLP, like NLP, with Matt, M-A-T-T.com. If you head over there, I actually have a free gift for everybody too. If you're interested in NLP, even the slightest, or you've been experimenting or going deep with it from this conversation, um, go check it out. I'm going to give away for free my entire 74-page color NLP practitioner manual. It's the same manual. Nothing's taken out. Same manual we use for our seven-day certification trainings. Mm -hmm. and you get the entire manual with all the NLP techniques and language patterns and explanations and everything for free at nlpwithmatt.com. Um, yeah, check that out. And then follow me at social media at Matt Browning. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. All of it is at Matt Browning. Um, you can find out. You can see pictures of the family. I always put up podcast episodes, travel pics, and things like that. And then, of course, the podcast is The Driven Entrepreneur. If you want some origin stories and backstories, along with some life and business lessons from phenomenal human beings and trailblazers, The Driven Entrepreneur. Cool, cool. So, uh, you know, again, it's been fun having you on here. But, you know, Matt, I don't know if you heard, but how I close my podcast out, I have this. Yeah, you might have mentioned that before we started. Hang on, I'm getting ready. I have this game called This or That. Now, I watched Sammy Hagar do it on his TV show. Okay. And I thought I was always thought I was cooler than Sammy Hagar, so I had to copy him. Let, oh, I, I'm ready, Sammy. Let's do this. All right. So I've got nine questions, this or that. I give you a choice. You pick out which one matters to you. And Let's start off. I'd like to find out who my sci-fi people are, and that is Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. 
The early, the early or the like the Disney version. You know, I gotta be I gotta be sad about this. The Disney version. So I didn't get into it in the 70s and the 80s, but I love the Mandalorian, my favorite of all their series so far. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, it's cool. However, you like Sorry. it. So. And old Star Trek. Okay. I like Captain Kirk and I like Mandalorian. There you go. Ah. So my next one is is that you're going for a ride in the car. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Podcast. Yeah. Me too. That's I've gotten to that lately. So driven entrepreneur. Just kidding. Tim Gillette yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those two. How about this one? All right, for more sci-fi people, the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> red pill all the way. I'm going down the rabbit hole, brother. <laughs> and I can't wait. You hear there's a new one. I hear. Yeah. I hear too. Yeah, I, I, I hear. I can't wait to see what it, what it comes with it. No, the, 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 the one movie I'm waiting to come out and I want to see if they're going to still have it come out is the new Top Gun. Yes. See, I thought you were going to go Bill and Ted's excellent. No, 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 no. That's coming out too. That's <laughs> coming out too. But I, I wasn't <laughs> going to do it, but no, no, I'm like, I, I haven't found a way to put, and by the way, the blue angels like flew by my house like an hour before the podcast today. So it was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks Bob. Yeah. He laughed out loud. He lulled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one here I've got is food choice, taco or hamburger. Ooh. Probably taco for variety, but a really good hamburger with a fried egg on it might be a go-to cheat meal. Uh, uh-huh. I know. I'm 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 like Mexican. Not but and I'm sorry. I, I'm messing yeah. this up. Keep going. Um my next one is the beach or mountains. Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured that one out. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you can see this. That's uh a tattoo of Mount Whitney. I've climbed that like five, six times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hard to see from that angle, but yeah. that was my my second for my second tattoo. First one was a wedding ring. Second one's Mount Whitney Mountains. My next one here is just a you know a drink choice: coffee or tea. Coffee, coffee. All right, I was gonna put like Red Bull or Monster, but I didn't, didn't think that was you either. That is not neither. Yeah, I've yeah. never been a fan. Red Bull tastes like Flintstone vitamins to me. <laughs> and there's his Red Bull. <laughs> Tim has a Red Bull on his desk. I love the taste of it, but I dilute it with water because I it's not healthy to drink it straight. So I just dilute it with water just for the taste. My next one can be a fighter one that some people do with food, and some people believe this isn't right, and that is pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Absolutely. Pepperoni, pineapple, and jalapeno. That's my go-to pizza every time. Gotta have that. So try it out. You'll if you if you like spicy, everybody you listen, you change your life. Pepperoni, pineapple, jalapeno, change your life. People will fight over that one. You know that, right? Fresh jalapeno. So make it at home, even like slice it up. Oh, so good. Yeah. So uh my 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 next one is is another war one. If if you have it, I understand stores are getting it back right now, and that is the toilet paper. Does it go <laughs> over on the roll or under? <laughs> There's only one right answer to that, and it's certainly over. That's the proper way to do toilet paper. <laughs> Unless you're a demon from hell, then you could do it under and try to undermine everyone in your family's life. So like, toilet paper over. I, I I mean Scott McCain, I had him on, and Scott said that is the one question that you used to be able to ask as a radio DJ, and like the lines would light up. Oh yeah. All right. The other can I turn the tables and ask you one, Tim. Huh? Can I turn the tables and ask you one? Go ahead. Toothpaste. Do you squeeze from the middle or do you squeeze from the end? Oh, man, I'm going to start including that one. No, I squeeze from the middle. Another? You probably do the toilet paper underneath, too. What a terrible human being. <laughs> How does she live with you? <laughs> with that chaos. The chaos. 
Um, but my, my, my classic on the toilet paper was this, this girl from, from, uh, Cammy Baker. I don't know if you know Cammy from up in new England and Cammy said, Hey, I'm single. And if I'm dating a guy and I have to change that role from over under to over three times, I break up with him. This relationship is not meant to be. Look, there's certain qualifiers for relationships, values, common interests, goals in life. No toothpaste, toilet paper, and temperature. You need the whole, the, the living room to be at. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last one, Matt, and that is the boxers or briefs. You know, I hate to be an and person, but I'm a boxer brief guy. I, you know, I boxer brief. Option, so anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're tight but long. Really nice. Yeah. Keep everything in the place it's supposed to be. Cool. Cool. Well, Matt, one more time. Tell everybody your website. They get a hold of you and find you outside of there and uh, outside of here and, and connect with you. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. It's nlpwithmatt.com nlpwithmatt.com. You go there and you get my entire NLP practitioner manual, totally free. It's not a teaser. It's 74 pages of color NLP instruction. It's all yours free, nlpwithmatt.com if you want a gift. You can also follow the podcast at The Driven Entrepreneur, anywhere you, where you get podcasts. It's on all the platforms, The Driven Entrepreneur. And then hit me up on social media at Matt Browning. It's B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. Matt Browning, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that great stuff. And thanks, Tim. Thank you. So, hey, you, the listener, thank you Check, thank you for tuning in today. Check out Matt. Go check out his podcast because it is a cool one. And uh, you know what I mean? I've been following it for two years, and I'm excited to have him on today's broadcast. Uh, guys, go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, all right? The TimGilletteShow.com will lead there directly very shortly. And you can go there, subscribe to us there, as well as on Spotify and Anchor, and follow us on YouTube. I'm Tim Gillette with another episode of Tim Gillette Show. We'll see you next time. Bye now.